Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who and OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. Thanks for listening in. This is episode seven of OCR Talk. We are pretty pumped today. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I think this episode is going to be another where I felt like the content list was a little bit too short, but I bet it's just going to go on because, yeah, we got a lot to to talk about. (laughs) A lot of fun stuff, too. So first off, uh, how's it going? It's going. I'm getting ramped up for Tough as South coming up in oh, like yeah. what, a week and a half. I got that email yeah. today. We're recording this on a Thursday and we all just got our emails today about the event info and like it, I think it lit my fire again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much fun stuff to cover, but let's do our personal question first. I wanted to know your work. What do you do and is it does it help you with OCR or hurt you? And if it does, how do you either utilize that or mitigate that? So I'm a nurse. I'm a cardiac nurse. I've been a nurse for going on, I think, eight or nine years. I can't remember. I lose track. The years have flown by <laughs> since I graduated nursing school. But yeah, I started off as a floor nurse and I worked my way up and got my certification to become a critical care uh, registered nurse. And now I work, do work in the cath lab And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, basically it's, you know, we put stents in people that are having heart attacks and pacemakers Mm. and things like that on a daily basis. We do like outpatients and emergencies. So sometimes it can be really fast paced and sometimes it can just be, you know, a routine day. Yeah. Are you in there while that stuff is actually like the... The surgery part of it is happening? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everything is done under under fluoro. So I work daily around x-ray machines. And we have to wear lead. And Mm. (laughs) the lead is like 50 pounds because I'm covered from my chin to my knees in lead for every case. So 
And then you take it and run up and down the stairs on Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is like whenever we're sitting around waiting on a doctor or something to show up, I'll lean up against the wall and do a wall sit in my lid. <laughs> 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 and my coworkers are like, how do you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, my legs are getting tired. I need to sit down. <laughs> But yeah, it does. I mean, you know, walking around with 50, 30 to 50 pounds of lead on is, I mean, you don't notice it, I guess, because I do it every day. But I mean, I think it makes a difference as far as, you know, tolerance for heavy stuff and walking around with it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you got to be on your feet a lot as a nurse, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on my feet constantly. And like I said, sometimes there's those days when it's slow. And you know, we're just sitting around waiting for doctors to want to work. But most of the time <laughs> i'm on my i'm on my feet a lot and running around and everything and they keep me going it can get pretty hot <laughs> in the procedure room so that's mm. another reason why we have to keep it so cold <laughs> in the procedure room <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering not only for sterility but because it's hot running around in that <laughs> lid <laughs> i've had jobs where i've done manual labor uh you're standing up a lot but you're not necessarily working consistently you know maybe uh, doing construction or something you, there's a lot of standing around and I've always hated that standing around but I love running long distance races so I'm like standing around sucks but for whatever reason going somewhere <laughs> is actually kind <laughs> right. of fun it all counts as time on your feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that and pulling on patients and picking them up and Everything like that. Sometimes that can that can be a strain on the back. So that's what I do. The only thing cool. that kind of hinders me whenever it comes to my OCR schedule and my racing schedule is I have to really be um, really pick and choose my races because I have to be on call and we rotate call. And so I take call um, two days during the week and a weekend a month. So I have to be within like a 30 minute radius of my hospital at all times whenever gotcha. I'm on call. Because if an emergency comes in by helicopter or by ambulance or something, then I have to be able to get there pretty quickly. If there was a race in Lafayette, <laughs> could you potentially be on course and get on get called in and then run off the course and go to work <laughs> i guess so you know and <laughs> would you do what it? yeah i don't i haven't done it yet but um i have been called out on a morning run and oh, i'm wow. like well i guess i'm just gonna you know run back home and <laughs> spray myself <laughs> down with deodorant or something and go into work and they're just gonna have to deal with it <laughs> yeah so yeah and um Whenever I was an ICU nurse, I had to work nights. That was tiring because I would um I would train in the morning whenever I got off work. So I think it, oh, wow. it like mentally and physically exhausted me. So now that I'm on days, it's a little bit better. I'm on the other end of the spectrum because I, for the most part, sit at a desk most of the day. I work with software, engineering software. So I'm either teaching a class or talking to clients, so maybe riding in a car, but mostly sitting down. So for me, my time to get time on my feet is when I'm working out. So I really do have to to work, you know, to to mitigate that and, and try and, I don't know, just let my body rest whenever I'm at work and, <laughs> and then put in the work whenever it's time. And try and fit it in whenever you can. Yep. Speaking of local races, Battle OCR that we talked about previously. 
has got their race going on in July, and they've given us a race code to give away. It's exciting. You're gonna oh, wanna yeah. you're gonna wanna come to this race. If you are within the vicinity to be able to drive to Louisiana or if you can make this race, you're gonna wanna make it. If you could fly down for Tough Mudder, especially the Tough Mudder that we just had in New Orleans, oh, then, yeah. <laughs> then you should fly down for this because this is gonna be way better than that Tough Mudder was. Leaps and bounds. So the contest, we got a race code to give away. We want to have people share our post that we're going to make about the contest. And when you share it, you can say whatever you want about it. But the goal is to get the most likes on your post. So if you get likes on your post, whoever's got the most gets the free race code. So share the posts, get your friends to like your post. And when do you want to shut this down? Before we do the next episode, so we'll like actually announce the winner on the next episode. So it'll be uh, whatever day, whatever day we record next. I guess we'll make a post to announce that so people will have a cutoff time. But probably, I would imagine right now, I'm thinking right after Toughest South. So look out for that post on Facebook, share it, and tell people to like it or make fake accounts and like it yourself. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever has the most likes, whatever way you go about achieving that. <laughs> whatever whatever gets the job done. <laughs> and your friends don't necessarily have to go and like our page, but we would appreciate it if they check, checked it out. But Yes, unfortunately, making sweet comments in your post about our, our podcast doesn't help. It's you really know, it sweet. Like, we're not going to pick yours just because of that. <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> we'll, we'll like your post and give you an extra like. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> one extra like. <laughs> no, three. Oh, one yeah. from OCR Talk True. and one from each of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> one thing that, that, you know, goal-wise for this podcast is there's a lot of podcasts out there. And I know some people work harder than others to have good quality, like good sound and good clean editing. The ones that do that, it's great. The ones that don't, sometimes it fits their podcast, but sometimes it's just like, hey, man, you could, you know, put a little more quality in that. No big deal. I mean, people that are riding in their truck and recording their podcast, sometimes it gets the point across and that's all you need. But that's just our thing that we're just trying to go for a little bit higher quality. I know we're still got a little few bugs to work out, but if you've got some thoughts or comments, please send those to us. We actually have an OCR Talk uh, Gmail account. So feel free to send whatever you like to ocrtalk at gmail.com. Obviously, you can send us messages on Facebook, too, but that email is there, so make use of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So you can email. You can also reach us on our Facebook page or um, just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, too. Yeah, we love interacting with you guys. We love it when people respond, and just like any other community, you know, we're we're all in this community together, so we just want to hear from you and uh, have some fun. Before we get crazy in the races, something that was I thought was kind of funny on Mike Stefano's recent podcast where he went to City Field, did a cool job getting some interviews there, just to make sure that people know what I'm talking about, Mike Stefano's Obstacle Running Adventures podcast. Instead of going to City Field to race the Spartan race that they had this past weekend, he went and just did some finish line interviews and I don't think that's kind of nor- I don't think that's really normal for him so he's kind of going out on a on a limb and doing something a little different but he did a good job and it was it was pretty cool now the thing that I thought was funny was that he was talking about seeing all these different people 
and he said he saw Hunter, who apparently twisted his ankle or something and was like sitting down icing it. And he said that he, it, you know, Hunter looked like he was probably not in a good mood because he twisted his ankle and that probably maybe ended his race or cut it short or something. I don't know. So understandable if Hunter didn't look like he wanted to chat at the time. But then he said uh, that Hunter, not not easily not approachable. Not easily approachable. I, I think it's because it's Hunter. And, I think you know, so I, too. I've met Hunter in person. Like, maybe he would recognize my face out of the thousands of people that he meets. But, <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've shook his hand and all that good stuff. And, uh, and he is, he, he does, to me, he seems approachable because he's just like, it's Hunter acting a fool wherever he's at. <laughs> and then you say, hey, Hunter. And he's like, hey, what's up? Or, oh, man, speaking of which, <laughs> here's a good story. When I was at uh, OCR World Championship in 2016, before the race, I went to the restroom and there was a line in the restroom. And while I was in there, Hunter came in to change. And he was standing in front of the mirror and he pulls off whatever shorts he had on him and puts on these American flag short shorts, like kind of like the running shorts or something. And I said something to him like, nice, nice shorts or a nice outfit or something like that. And he says, he says, yeah, man, America, we're the best country in the world. Anybody that thinks differently can go F themselves or something. <laughs> that sounds like something Hunter would say. <laughs> It was so, just everything he says seems so spontaneous, but still hilarious. Every yeah, he time. just reminds me of a big kid, you know, just like a big mm -hmm. ADHD kid. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And I think because he's so unpredictable, I think maybe, I don't know, I've never met him in real life or, you know, person to person, but I think that would make me nervous <laughs> not knowing what's going to come <laughs> out of his mouth. Now another funny thing that I that I always think about when I think of him is one of his uh, podcasts or something he was talking with somebody and he said all these different things obstacles that come up he doesn't care like he'll do whatever like put him in a pit with a big angry duck or something and he'll wrestle it you know like that was like that's the first thing he thinks of when it comes to crazy obstacles is a, a big angry duck like wh where does that come from I don't know so all that to say <laughs> if you haven't heard the latest obstacle dominator podcast yet you got to listen to it. the The intro by itself is hilarious, and I know you said you haven't hit listened to it yet, so we're gonna listen to it real quick and just just have a laugh because it's so good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Hunter McIntyre tuning with the uh, Obstacle Dominator podcast. This is episode three thousand seven hundred and fifty-four. <laughs> it's an incredible day today. I'm super excited to announce that we are the top-rated podcast in the industry. Trashy podcasts like World's <laughs> Toughest Podcast, Optical Order, uh, Matt B. Davis, Optical Racing Media. These are all things that will sway you in the wrong direction, give you false media. All of these people have known to have relations with the devil and other <laughs> terrible people on this universe. And I want you to know that me and Sweet Sweet Benny will only bring you the sweetest of all Optical Racing Media information. Oh, man. That he is has so a good. little man crush on Benny. <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet Benny. Benny. <laughs> uh, I love the, uh, the the digs on the other podcast and, you know, uh, Matt B. Davis and Will Hicks going back and forth on each other. And and as much as people, uh, you know, as much as they even mention, like Jay and Heather Bodie at Overcome and Run and Mike Stefano at Obstacle Running Adventures, they don't they don't dig <laughs> on them as much as, much as right. they do each other. I think they just like to pick at it. Yeah, that's that's. 
That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal is get your podcast so well known that the other podcasts uh, right. talk trash about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he had Matt B. Davis on his podcast, like what? Two weeks ago or something like that? Two, three weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, it's just funny. That's the best part of it. Yeah. It seems like it gets crazier every week. Yeah, I think it does. Because these last two episodes of his, I mean, it, they were just shenanigans. They were just like bros talking <laughs> and digging on each other. In the description of the episode was literally something, you know, what they're talking about and trash talking. Pretty much. That was the, the <laughs> tagline. You ready to get into talking about races? Absolutely. So let's start with Spartan, since we were just talking about the City Field Stadium. Uh, Brackencracker won, and who won on the ladies' side? Orla Walsh. Orla Walsh won. Orla. Which was impressive, because she was just at TMX Miami. And she got third at TMX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, very impressive uh, show by her. Pretty awesome. I know I've heard Bracken talk about how, how he wants to... You know, he's he's going for gold to win the series because he was out for, you know, a good solid year that he wasn't racing. Yeah. I mean, was it injury or something like that? I, I think, I think so. it was injury that took him out last year. He did a little bit of announcing for Spartans on the live streams. That was cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's back and going strong. So looks like he's doing good. It's a good way to start off. How about the penalty for missed obstacles being only 15 burpees instead of 30? I like that change, actually. And I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> sure about it. Not only because, you know, any lesser amount of burpees is always good. But I can't remember who I was listening to. I think I was listening to um, Matt's podcast whenever he was interviewing Robert Killian, the last one, this most recent one. Or maybe it was whenever he was talking to Ryan Kent. In either case... It makes sense because those stadium races are so fast-paced that if you're mm -hmm. sitting there knocking out 30 burpees and, you know, it maybe takes you a minute and a half to do 30 burpees, a minute and a half is a long time in those really fast stadium races. I mean, it could yeah. make or break your your race. And, you know, with the longer races, that's not as much of an issue because, you know, you're out there grinding it out for like seven to 15 whatever miles so but those those stadium races they're just so fast and you're only out there for like what maybe 30 or so minutes 30 45 minutes so it could definitely make or break a race i won't complain if they do it for all the other races too but oh, yeah. it definitely makes the most <laughs> sense on the stadium races yeah no complaints but think about where things have come from i mean we're talking about spartan you know where the burpees being the penalty was like that was the thing no other thing was even a, a possibility and then they went to having a couple of penalty loops and now 15 burpees instead of 30 at races at some races some races yeah it's pretty crazy yeah but it i mean it does make the most sense at the stadium races just because they're so fast but yeah if they were to do that across the board i wouldn't complain <laughs> and now iceland that was what Yesterday, today, day before, I don't know, went past 24 hours maybe that they just announced that Iceland, the they're putting up a cash prize for $100,000 for the first person that can reach 100 miles out there. That is a pretty payday. <laughs> that is a pretty, you think um, Ryan Atkins might go for it? That is a curious thought. I mean, if any man can do it, right? Right, because, I mean, he did, what, 105 official miles? 110. At, uh, 
110. Yeah. Is it 110? Oh, my God. I don't know. That guy's yeah. a beast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're really throwing some money out there. And as some people say, you know, Joe DeSena likes putting unreachable prizes on unreachable goals, I guess would be a better way to say it. But it made me... It made me not think about the $100,000, but it did make me stop and think for a second. Do I, would I actually want to go run that race? Like, you know, I'm, I'm about to do toughest and so I've got other multi-lap races throughout the year. And then of course, World's Toughest Mudder is going to be super exciting and fun. But do I want to do that in the freezing cold and possible rain? <laughs> Just to go and watch? <laughs> well, no, I thought it'd be more fun to go and do the sprint and yeah. watch some, but then go over to the Blue Lagoon and uh, sit in the hot springs for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bad, a bad idea. <laughs> because my thought is, I, I've actually been to Iceland before, and it's a gorgeous country, and to go and see just the little bit that you would see near Reykjavik would be a shame to be honest, like if you don't go and at least go to what's called the golden circle and see one of the more famous waterfalls and the big geyser actually called geyser and or geyser as they say it to not go see some of that stuff or at least go by blue lagoon would be, I feel like it'd be a wasted trip. Well, yeah, I think, I feel like if you're going to go all the way to Iceland, you, I mean, you got to make the trip worth it. Yeah, especially with it being in dead of winter when most of the day is in the dark. Like, even driving around, you're not going to be able to see the beautiful landscape like you would in the summer. This is true. So, so how many hours of, like, daylight do they get? Four. During the winter? Four? Yeah. Four? Four. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you have very limited time. Very limited time to go sightseeing. <laughs> but that would be a pretty cool trip. I mean, go sightsee in a different country and do an endurance race. Yeah, it would. And I know I see a lot of flight sales for an airline called Wow. And they go to Iceland and they do a lot of layovers in Iceland actually on the way to Europe. So I think that's how they get their, their cheap airfares. And it's probably a little bit closer to like JetBlue or hopefully not Spirit. But, you know, like the seats aren't going to be as nice as American or something like that. So. That's why the the prices are so cheap. But if you go, if you're in Boston or New York, you can get flights for sometimes as low as a hundred dollars round trip, like which maybe hundred dollars went one way, so two hundred dollars round trip. Or I've definitely seen them like three, four hundred, which is kind of insane to go to Iceland for that that cheap. That's yeah, to go to a different country and yeah, that's crazy affordable <laughs> to be able to go do that. Just hop on a just hop in a plane. But yeah, I don't think Southwest is flying to Iceland anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Maybe. Before we get into the really fun stuff about Toughest South, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and talk about something that uh, has kind of been on a lot of people's lips in the OCR groups. Yeah. So we talk a lot about endurance races, and I think ultra runners will, um, and even marathoners will probably agree with this as well, is that most of your physical training is just import as important as your mental training. So this past week, week and a half, I just found it really interesting because I'm in a lot of different running groups on Facebook, um, like local running groups and OCR groups. And I just kind of noticed this collective theme 
going around of sharpening your mental game. Yeah. So getting your mental game on point. So what's important during these endurance races is whenever your body starts to shut down and you start to get tired and you're exhausted and you've probably run the same course, you know, who knows how many times and you just want to quit because you're just over it. But it's that little bit that you can find within yourself to persevere and just kind of keep going. Um, I think Benny talked about it. I think that's what spurred it on. I watched his, uh, his breakdown on OCRM and he was talking about his personal mantra that he kind of repeats to himself whenever he starts getting kind of too much in his head during a race, you know, whenever he's falling behind and he's thinking, oh man, I'll never catch up. So instead of thinking negatively, he flips it and turns it into a positive and tries to stay positive because, I mean, it really does affect your thinking. Like if you think positively, then you'll respond positively. Yeah. So what's what's the line that he says to himself? Oh man, it's from it's a line from Cool Runnings. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny and and that's why he says it to himself because it he makes him it makes him laugh every yeah. time. <laughs> it's the line about I see pride, I see power and he just repeats it and and when he does it he does the accent too, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> you have you do, do you have a uh, a personal go-to during cuz I know you do you do a lot of endurance stuff, so I I don't have I definitely don't have a mantra uh, like a, a single statement that I say to myself I I really just try to focus on on the goal at the end you know whether it's a time limit or whether it's a distance it's you know I know this is how long I've got to do it and at that point it'll be over so just got to keep on going yeah and I think it translates to just everyday life in general you know because I'm I'm the same way whenever I do endurance races I whenever I just start to get tired and I'm just kind of done in my mind I like to think of just one more foot in front of the other one more step you know just instead of looking at the long term like oh I have this much longer to go I kind of like to think of it as okay let's get to this next point and then Let's keep Give yourself some shorter goals to hit. Right, right, and yeah, and I think, I think it was a it was a really good topic in a lot of these groups because a lot of these groups were formed because people who were getting into fitness had set goals for themselves, like they wanted to, you know, complete a Spartan sprint or they wanted to run fifty miles or something like that. And in order to attain that end goal, you had to take a lot of smaller steps and complete a lot of um, smaller goals along the way. Yeah. And I definitely look at it kind of like that. And like, it's a little bit of, you know, I'm almost halfway or I'm, I'm, I'm halfway. So now I've only got this far to go, but it's always it, that end goal is always right behind it. But I think another important thing is having a, an expectation for yourself. So you're saying when you're mentally getting, when you're mentally done having to kind of refocus, when you have an expectation and it gets blown away, it, it sucks. And you, you kind of lose your spirit when that happens. So like even in regular life, if you've got the thought in your head that something's going to happen and then you get thrown for a loop and that doesn't happen and it, it's hard, it's hard to deal with. So with racing, it's kind of, you know, set the expectations 
of of what's going to happen and then just keep working towards those because if the expectation is I've got to run five laps and then you get to the point where you're at five laps and then you realize oh I got to run one more that it's hard <laughs> but up until that goal that five lap goal it seems attainable it's like I know I got just I just got to keep going until the end that's what I do anyway yeah no that end goal is definitely you know that's the end game um but I think it's it's also really um, really easy just to get caught up in all the negative stuff that you're thinking whenever you're physically exhausted like that. And I think it's just really important with your physical training. It's just as important with your mental training. Whenever you're training and you're tired or you wake up early and you don't feel like um, waking up early, you know, um, and working out, just get up and do it <laughs> and just say something positive to yourself to get yourself there in that mental state of mind and and i think one of the ways that this has been being talked about a lot is how it does compare and relate and carry over to regular life because when you have goals and you're happy in regular life that bleeds over to racing and whenever you have those goals in racing it can bleed back over into your life so, so i've heard of people you know struggling in life and then they get themselves caught up in the obstacle racing, and that helps kind of bring them out of this uh, slump that they were in and f be able to refocus on on regular life and how to attain. You know, you learn that, oh, I can attain goals. I can do things and, and make things happen. So let me do that in real life because now I've got that brain power and that focus, I can do it here as well. So I think the, the main thing, you know, for anybody that, doesn't feel like they have their mental game locked down listen to people who have their own like all the people that we've been here and talk about this topic you know listen to them and what they have to say because maybe something that they say will resonate with you and then you'll figure out a way to just stay positive yourself and get yourself focused and and, and on track yeah so whatever works for you whatever you find works for you to get you out of a funk i guess you could say yeah, whatever works for you, just find it and let that be your go-to whenever you find yourself going to those places. In life and on the course. Absolutely. That's the important part, I think, is doing it in both spaces. And I think Yancey said, said it best. I think he, he said this in multiple, I've heard him say this multiple times, is whenever you're racing and, you know, you might end up on the podium or you might end up placing really well, that's like 2% of your training and your daily life. And I think it's more important how you carry yourself and how you think the other 98% of the time, because that's where, you know, that's where the good stuff is. When everybody else, when you're not in spotlight, when everybody else doesn't see you. Exactly. That's where it's important. Exactly. Very cool. Good stuff. Good, uh, solid stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of people need help with that. So if anybody, if you do, you know, if you're listening and you do struggle with your mental game or just being positive, freaking reach out to somebody. Reach out to us. Reach out to the person next to you. That is not stuff that you should hesitate ever about and think, oh, so, you know, they don't want to hear me complain about this. No, do it. Absolutely. You'd be surprised how many people are going through the same thing you're going through and you don't know it unless you talk to somebody. That was deep. Now let's have some fun. Yes. Well, let's talk about <laughs> I need I need Will's new music. Dun 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 or whatever it is. Uh <laughs> Toughest South. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we need a soundboard. <laughs> you know, I, I remember early days of the internet, like the uh, soundboards were always a thing. And then people would use them to like make prank phone calls or something. We need right. to make a OCR uh, soundboard. And then that way you can call like Hunter up on the phone and then <laughs> act like you're Matt B. Davis and then say crazy stuff to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll say crazy stuff right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you've got content for your next soundboard. Exactly. <laughs> Careful what you wish for there. So, Toughest South, the map came out, or, well, we got an email today, and it had all the information about the race coming up, not this weekend, but next. Mm-hmm. It's coming up May 5th. This is toughest, you know, Tough Mudder in Smithville, near, outside of Austin. Right. So, of course, just like all the rest of the Toughest, they're going to have, uh, you know, normal Tough Mudder that Saturday. Tough Mudder full, Tough Mudder half, so the course will be probably packed down or super sloppy, one or the other. And then that night, we'll get out there and get on the line and head out at uh, 12 a.m. Sunday morning and race for eight hours. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm like a little kid on Christmas, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I looked at the, I know we're, you know so far out still but i looked at the weather forecast and it said for smithville the low uh was going to be 56 which is exciting because that's that is not a bad temperature at all i think that's prime racing temperature (laughs) like you might you might put on your wetsuit at some point but just if we're going in and out of the water a lot but it's not going to be that's going to be nice yeah and it's not like it's not like 56 degrees in in the desert where you know that air just gets cold so quick right this is gonna be humid and it's probably gonna hold that heat in and you're gonna be sweating and it's gonna be like how can i sweat this much in the middle of the night right hopefully (laughs) 56 uh, it probably won't be that bad but (laughs) are you bringing a wetsuit just in case (laughs) oh yeah you always bring it of course you always bring it it's better to need. It's better to have and not need than need and not have. Yeah, yeah. I just got my wetsuit in this week, so. Oh, sweet! What do you got? Yeah, I got um, an Xterra Volt wetsuit. So I got the sleeveless because I I was asking a lot of people in the um, the first time world's toughest. <laughs> nice, world. <laughs> nice. Is Eric Jenkins leading that still? Uh the name sounds familiar. I don't want to lie to you. I know there's like a group of maybe um, three or four of them that kind of direct conversation and kind of give out give out advice. Eric Jenkins is the guy that whenever I did my first one in 2016, he led that you know first time group. He might still be leading it. I don't know because I'm not in the first time group anymore. <laughs> but he has a wealth of just a, a fountain of uh, a deep chasm of knowledge that (laughs) that he pulls from and puts together and and that it's there for you to use and it's fantastic i mean poor souls that did some of the first few world's toughest mutters and they didn't have this this knowledge uh behind them to go into it and we do now and it's it's fantastic yeah it's definitely been a really good resource for me because i'm like i have no clue what i'm looking at whenever i'm buying a wetsuit i don't know what i'm you know i could be (laughs) buying crap for all I know. I don't know, you know? So, no, everybody's been super helpful. There's even, like, files on the Facebook page of this is a gear list that I like to have for my my races. It's just super helpful. 
Yeah, speaking of which, for those that are going to do World's Toughest Mudder, if you've registered or plan to register, join the World's Toughest Mudder community Facebook group. It's not an official Tough Mudder group, but it's, it's you know, the unofficial World's Toughest Mudder community group because they have the same thing there. They've got a ton of files like pace calculators and all kinds of stuff. Training plans. Uh, you know, going back years. Yeah. So get in there and take a look at all that stuff too. But you said you got a, a short sleeve wetsuit. Yeah, I got the sleeveless. That's what I was saying. Um, so I was, oh, sleeveless. Yes. It's a full wetsuit. It's just it doesn't have the sleeves. Okay. Because I figure the the most important part I just want to keep warm is my core, right? So um, right. I want to really maintain my my mobility in my upper body. And I knew with the wetsuit, it would probably be a little restrictive, especially since this will be my first time, you know, really racing and doing stuff like that in a wetsuit. I could only imagine yeah. how, you know, triathlon people do it. Well, they have, you know, special wetsuits in triathlon right. that are a little bit more, a little bit more flexible in certain areas. Yeah. So this wetsuit that I got, I noticed reading the reviews and everything, a lot of like first time triathletes have said really good things about the wetsuit. So I'm looking forward to okay. it. So hopefully it's a nice beginner's wetsuit. <laughs> well, I know people say that mobility is an, an issue or, or a worry. Personally, it didn't, I didn't have any issues with it. Like I, you definitely feel a little stiffer, but I don't know. It, it, it didn't bother me. Yeah, I, and I, I tried it on <laughs> whenever I got it in because I was super excited and, you know, hung from my pull-up bar and everything. Now, being that I got the sleeveless and I don't know how it would feel if I had sleeves, I don't know. But I like it. It's comfortable. I mean, it's definitely snug in some parts that I'll just have to, you know, get used to. Well, with the temperatures being the way they're going to be, you more than likely you won't need, you know, having some gloves just in case will be good. And same thing for like a, a cap, but more than likely, we probably won't need them. So same thing, you know, better to have it, not need right. it. So yeah, um, I actually have a a short sleeve like top and like a it's a it's a one piece, but it's a short sleeve legs and arms, and then I got a full as well for when it gets extra cold. So I I will bring both of them just in case. <laughs> But more than likely, if I get in one, it's just going to be the short sleeve one. Yeah, but I've noticed a lot of people, they're just going to bring their shorties. I don't know that I have really have time to wait on Amazon to buy another one. So, <laughs> Is that where you got? I did. Is that where you got yours Yeah, from? I did. I tried buying from the website and they were out of my size. They were out of my size on Amazon too, but I kind of made do. Did you check what suit warehouse? Yes. Yeah, that was actually the first Okay. place i checked because i know a lot of people a lot of people get their wetsuits from there yeah they're actually very helpful when i bought mine i, I went back and forth through uh email with somebody about about them you know they they're extremely helpful and they seem like they have deals all through the year so you know you get on their email list and you can find you know 20 percent off here and there 25 or whatever yeah and i think mud run guide and um obstacle racing media have their own discount codes because they they're sponsored by them believe yep yes that's right now when it comes to world's toughest I, i'm gonna tell you get a full get a full get gloves get socks get a hood the whole get it all because <laughs> people have been making a joke about hot lana but it's not it's not no. it's not gonna be hot in november i mean we might get lucky but if it's if it's cold i mean i i hear so many stories about people that ran in the previous years and they were just so cold 
And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not, I'm not going to be cold because I'm going to bring so much stuff that if it's below freezing, <laughs> I'm not going to be cold because I'm going to have so much stuff right. on. <laughs> well, and the weather is so unpredictable. I mean, it snowed here in Louisiana for a good few days this year. Like, that's yeah. insane. So, you know, you just never know what the weather is going to do or if you're going to catch a break and have nice weather, especially in November. The winter is just... It's too unpredictable and it's too much of a risk to not be prepared for the cold weather like that. So be prepared. Yes. Like Uncle Scar always said. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like on the map there's going to be some water crossings, though. It looks like there's going to be like a creek crossing and... Yeah, so not only will it be the, you know, typical obstacles that you can fall in the water in and also Arctic Enema, which could be a penalty or something, who knows. But yeah, there'll be uh, some creek crossings that we'll do, I'm sure. Right. Arctic enema and it's it's really backloaded a lot of the obstacles are like at the end it is <laughs> it's really yep. backloaded I think I don't know if they're they're doing that for spectators but yeah it a lot of the obstacles are going to be really heavy at the end but it doesn't seem crazy like what one was it was it World's Toughest Motor 2017 you know this past year where I feel like they said they had you know Funky Monkey and Kong and maybe something else that were all really close to each other. Yeah, all grip intensive. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that. Like, you might have Funky Monkey and Kong kind of close to each other, but there's nothing else really around there that's going to tax you. Like, I don't I don't see anything on the course that makes me think, I, I have to worry about going from this obstacle to the next one. Right. Other than, you know, you go through Mud Mile and then you go through Rope-A-Dope. And yeah, Kong. mud mile yeah. be the be the worst one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you have to deal with that. Yeah, but after a day of people doing the course, it'll probably be all worn down, so it might not be too bad. Hopefully, or it'll just be deeper. <laughs> <laughs> so it gives me encouragement that I can hit my goal of thirty miles, which I, I think is a very large goal for me. I don't know for sure if I can hit it, so we'll see. I, I'm feeling good, but. It's, a, it's going to be a stretch, and I know I'm going to have to figure out the right pace and, and try my best to stick with it. Speaking of which, the reason my goal is the contender status, you know, 30 miles from men, uh, where it was 25 last year at Toughest to be a contender for World's Toughest Mudder, and for women, it's only 25, so lucky oh, you. Oh, jeez, I didn't know that. I've been shooting for 30. <laughs> 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 Even better. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that in the in the rules, so I, I could be wrong, but I, I could have swore I saw that. So um, if that's the case, then, yeah, go for 30, and, you know, if you fall short, then you're still yeah. good. Yeah. Well, yeah, train for 30, end up with 25. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> well, I think, like, my fueling and everything between the laps, I think I've got a pretty good idea of how I want to do that. And then it's going to be running heavy at the start so i think if anything we'll be able to pick up a lot of time at the beginning of the race at the beginning of the course and and you say that but (laughs) the thing is if you you know don't overpace yourself because you know you've got i mean you know what it's like in endurance races you you got a a comfortable running pace but after doing it for five six hours it that pace changes to something completely different it changes dramatically (laughs) so i i think my goal is to not slow it down. You know, let's say, let's say hypothetically, it takes a 10 minute pace, uh, you know, to do 
that pace every lap to get 30 miles. If that's the case, I don't want to start out at 10 minute pace, even though that would get it for me, because I want to give myself a cushion. But I don't want to give myself too much of a cushion, because if I push too hard, then I'm going to blow up. But if I go too slow, I may, you know, weaken and not be able to maintain that the entire time. Yeah. So I'm going to go for a comfortable middle. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that first lap is always, you really want to get a feel for the course and almost envision yourself going through those same obstacles, you know, however many times yeah. and just keeping in mind how you're going to feel on lap four or five <laughs> or whatever lap you're on. <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that first lap is, is critical. And we're still going to get a sprint lap though, too. Yeah. So unless your goal is to get that green bib, yeah. then don't go out super hard. <laughs> unless I'm you... not Rhea Coble. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to do like awesome Rhea Coble and get the sprint lap and win the whole thing, then you go right ahead. Which I love that it was a woman <laughs> that did that first. <laughs> Amazing. Who knows if we'll ever see anybody do that again. Yeah. That's kind of phenomenal. Yeah. Obstacle wise, it, it does look like there's going to be, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to hear a lot about this stuff on World Toughest Podcast, so don't want to say too much, but Everest Mons is the name of Everest 2.0, so who knows what that's going to be, and Funky Tough, you know, like a different version of Funky Monkey, which could be, as somebody pointed out, the toughest option that they were they showed on the website with a bunch of different crazy holds instead of monkey Yeah, bars. I did see that. Some of them are false grips and reverse grips. I don't even know how to fathom that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a, a plenty of just kind of the normal stuff like, you know, Mud Mile and Blockness Monster. And one thing I, I got to say, I mean, I keep meaning to bring this up because every time that they do a live stream and they show Blockness Monster, I can't help but like do a face to the hand while I'm watching people do Blockness Monster. And I know it's open waivers and I know... I always have to remind myself, the very first time I went through Blockness Monster, you know, I went over the top of it and just slid right down into the water on my belly, and it was fun, <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> Everybody did. I did that. <laughs> That's fun and all, but the thing is, is, you know, as a teamwork obstacle, you gotta help the other people get around, get over it, so you can't just drop in and then leave them. You gotta turn around and pull that thing down. So the key for those that have never done this before is once you're on top of the, the block and it's rotating over, spin your body around. You know, you're probably on your stomach. Just spin around on your stomach and grab the other side as you're pulling backwards and get your weight into it and possibly even lean up and grab the next edge to get even more weight. But that's how you get that block rotating and just a steady rotation will get people over so fast. Yeah. That's kind of one of my pet peeves about teamwork obstacles, is the people that just blow right through them, you know? <laughs> you should yell at them and say, hey, come back here and help me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It'll always come back to bite you in the butt. <laughs> but yeah, there is a technique to block Ness Monster, I think, because like you said, it is a teamwork obstacle. So you got to get a steady rotation on that um, on that block so that people can get through i think it was was it robert killian yeah it was robert killian at world's toughest and he went out on his last lap because he had time he had time to go out on one more lap but he was out on the course alone and he said he just he didn't 
to think about what those types of obstacles were going to be like, like going over Block Ness Monster by yourself. Like, how do you even do that? And he did that after, you know, that was his 105th uh, mile lap. That was, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. So, super pumped. I actually have a race this weekend at that 5.0 Fitness Ranch that I went to and trained at the weekend before last. Yeah, and this will be their inaugural race, yeah. I'm going to try and run hard and see how I do. We'll see, but, you know, it's just five miles, so just a little a little test before toughest. Do you going to do multiple laps? <laughs> no, so it'll be more of a rest, you know, kind of a taper. So I'll do one lap there, and then during the week I'll do, like, maybe four laps on Monday. Oh, four laps. I'll do, like, four miles on Monday, and then maybe two on Wednesday, and... I should be able to get one in on, on Friday. You know, one or two on Friday just to keep my legs Yeah, moving. just to keep the legs fresh. I'm really bad at tapering. Well, I you know, I've heard I've heard things about it and it it from all the pros say that it, that it works is what's happening is that obviously you've been putting in so much hard work and then as you taper, you're actually giving yourself a chance to rest. And so if you ever see that chart that talks about whenever you work it breaks down your muscles, and then as you rest and recover, it comes back up. So you have to give it time to recover above, you know, where you were before to actually get the the gains, you know, as they say. If you don't rest at some point, then you never recover and never gain anything. Yeah, you're just beating down your muscles and not saving them. They're not at they're not at peak peak performance whenever you want them to be. Yeah, I've seen this in myself where I feel like, man, I didn't get a chance to to work out this weekend or the, you know, like a full week goes by without work, you know, with heavy work stuff. And I didn't get a chance to really put in some hard workout work. And then when I get back to it the week after, it's like, oh, wow, I feel like refreshed and powerful, even though I didn't work out the week before. And it's like, how, why is that? But that's what it is, is that your body actually had time to recover and get its gains and put those into your body. And then, you know, you are more powerful after. Yeah. And I think overtraining is a very real thing. I've, I've definitely felt the effects of overtraining here recently. Um, well, not too recently, but recent enough. So yeah, I think overtraining is a very real thing and you just have to listen to your body. And if you need rest, like, don't beat yourself up about it if you want to take an extra rest day because it's probably your body telling yeah. you, hey, I'm tired. <laughs> I need to build up my stores again. <laughs> I need another break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, talking about training programs and that being, you know, Chris Cusick, who had given us a, a long list of questions that he was curious about, uh, just training programs in general. That's my training program because I've learned it from hearing the pros talk about it. Uh, I do give myself like I've got a, a week every three to four weeks where I don't go train on the weekend. So, you know, there there is a time for rest and every so often it's very, very important. Yeah. And I've heard it from this trail running group I'm in here in Lafayette. A lot of them are ultra runners. And so their training programs, you know, they'll they'll train real heavy and intense, you know, for like two, three weeks and then they'll kind of back off the fourth week and they'll just mm -hmm. repeatedly do that up until, you know, their A race. Yeah, it's really important to take those rest days. Right now, I only have like one rest day a week and probably going to take an extra one, maybe two. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's fine. 
But at some point, like after Toughest, you know, you might want to take at least a couple days or three days or just whatever your body needs, you know, take a like a, a legit rest for a few days rather than be just being like, oh, well, a day will be good enough. you know. Yeah. Yeah. After Toughest, I'm definitely going to take two or three days off. I'm not going to get back <laughs> into it. I think I even took like an extra day off work. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. When you when you taper, you know, when you rest that week. I've I've even heard it. You don't necessarily want to take completely off that week before you're tapering. So you're letting yourself actively recover while still keeping your body, you know, your muscles, your muscle memory intact and all that good stuff. So when you get there, you'll be ready, but not just depleted. But I think that brings me to um, Chris's <laughs> next question which was about diet and training because whenever you're on your taper week or whenever you're on your lighter weeks that's whenever I think it's a really good opportunity for you to focus on your nutrition because you know everybody everybody thinks you know just carb loading the night before a race well no it's you know how your diet is leading up to the race um, I've definitely seen a difference whenever I consciously you know look at what I eat before the week leading up to the race say and you know, I'm making sure I get enough macros in my meals and making sure I'm providing my body with the energy stores that it, it will need in order to perform the way I want it to perform. I'm not going to say that I'm like perfect in my diet. I like I like food. <laughs> I live in southern Louisiana. <laughs> I probably gained like 10 pounds since I moved here <laughs> several years ago. But, um, you know, I think if you're consciously thinking about, okay, this is what is going to fuel my body whenever I need it to. Yeah, and neither of us are nutrition experts. So the advice that we give out, obviously, is to be taken with a grain of salt. But we have, you know, we've learned it from doing it ourselves and from hearing it from people who know what they're doing and putting it into practice. This is not just hey, what's the new fad this year? Oh, it's resting before you race? No, that's not, that's that's legit. That's what people do. So, you know, that's that's what we're doing. If it works for you, and I, you always got to think of it that way. What works for you? It is your body and you, you got you to gotta listen to your body because everybody's body is different. So. so yeah, do whatever works for you and more importantly, educate yourself. You know, you're talking about fueling the, the week before a race. Because you might be resting a little more and you're focusing more on your nutrition, it's not an excuse to overeat. You know, you might be taking in carbs to uh, fill up those glycogen stores, but that doesn't mean go eat a giant bowl of pasta from, in, unless you've, you know, unless that's the kind of calories that you normally output through exercises, right. <laughs> a giant bowl of pasta <laughs> worth, but more more times than not, it's not, right. so... You know, don't overeat. Don't change your eating. That's the I think that's the key is don't change your eating habit just because you're right. resting. It goes back to that whole thing. Nothing new on race day. Nothing new the night before race day. <laughs> <laughs> nothing new leading up to race day. <laughs> you know what works for you. So yeah. don't decide to, you know, try a new supplement the night before a race. That's a terrible idea. What about uh, what about after a race? After a race? After a race, I like. I like, oh, okay. I like to indulge a little bit. <laughs> no shame. I'm going to indulge a little bit. 
Yeah, I think we all know it's not the best right. thing, but man, it's, it's also good. Oh my right? gosh. We, we feel like we earned it. And <laughs> That's all I can think about whenever I'm done with a really long <laughs> endurance race. Is, man, I just want burger like a really good burger <laughs> that's usually that's usually our go-to after our race is find a five guys or i don't know some mm. really good local burger joint <laughs> if you cannot do that then that's fantastic more power to you rub it in our faces <laughs> and be awesome <laughs> i've also had it to where and you know let me know if you've you've ever felt this way but i've also had times whenever i finish long races and I'm just not that hungry. Like, I just want a bottle of water. <laughs> if you're fueling during the race, and, and that definitely can be the right. case. I, I find that it doesn't last long, though. Like, I'll be like, man, I'm not that hungry. And then, like, you know, 20 minutes later, I feel like I'm right. starving to death. <laughs> yeah, 20, 30 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I could eat someone's face off right now. <laughs> All right, well... I'm going to try and run hard this weekend, and I'll post some pictures of that uh, 5.0 Fitness Ranch and uh, the race uh, again on Instagram. I'll see you in a week and a half. Everybody's going to be there. I'm just kid on Christmas morning. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my first OCR of the year. <laughs> Sorry. That yeah, is that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> my first OCR. It's an eight-hour toughest event. <laughs> Well, everybody that's been listening and has uh, made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for sticking around with us. I know we kind of kind of went all over and uh, talked about a lot of stuff, and I feel like it's running along at this point. So uh, thanks again. Don't forget to check out the, the post about the Battle OCR contest that we're going to put out there for a free race entry. So look out for that. And anything else you want to say? And like it and share it. And then... Follow, listen, and talk. Bye.